Great coaches ask great questions. Days at work are the days when the light bulb goes on for somebody else. Hello and welcome to the On It, Not In It uh, interview series. I am your host, Todd Eppert, and today I'm joined by David Boulevant, who is the founder of Yellow Weld. David, thank you so much for joining us. Would you like to kick us off with a brief background as to who you are and what you do? Sure. Thanks for having me on, Todd. Um, Quick background, I'm the one of the founders of Yellow Weld. I started this with my friend Sean back in 2020. Um, and we do custom metal work of all different kinds. We serve primarily residential. Uh, and we just work on doing kind of high-end, interesting, and challenging projects. And that's kind of our, our favorite thing is to get into the weeds of some of the stuff that other shops might not have the appetite for. Awesome. Awesome. So a little bit more custom. Uh, maybe not so much off the shelf type work is what you're talking about there. Certainly. So, so you mentioned Sean, but what inspired you guys to start your own business and what was the initial spark that led to take the entrepreneurial leap? Yeah. So it, it, we have kind of a meandering story here on, on my end, but um, it really started a few years ago. It was, it must've been probably 2016. Uh, Sean and I started working together and we were in another small business. It was just a three man team um, and that business just wasn't healthy. Um, we worked really, really hard to try to make it healthy and make it what we wanted it to be. Um, but over the course of a few years, Sean kind of convinced me that we should be breaking away and just we'd be better off starting from scratch than trying to, to dig ourselves out of a hole that was kind of there before we started. So um, it kind of took me being around him long enough because, you know, I, I didn't really ever see myself as somebody that would do this sort of thing. I didn't really have that entrepreneurial spirit. I'm very creative and um, curious. So I like to learn a lot of things, which I think has ended up being an asset for me over time. But it took Sean to just kind of kick me in the butt and, and get me thinking about it a little bit differently before I was ready to to consider that. So we ended up breaking away um, and we worked out of like a 10 by 10 storage unit for a, a full year, no electricity, light, heat, anything. Um, and that was kind of the early days. Wow. So 2020, uh, mm -hmm. great time to start a business, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you're working in a 10 by 10 unheated, non-electrical, unlit uh, facility for lack of a better word. Yeah. That's great. I wonder if the uh, people that paid you, or that you buy, paid rent to for that space really liked the fact that you were welding inside <laughs> of that building. We oh, were that's great. A lot of yeah, we were doing a lot of remote work at the time because we didn't really have a lot of options. Um, you know, fabrication, it's it's very expensive business to get into because the you need a lot of tooling and there's a lot of equipment. And so when you're first starting out, there's really not a lot of things that you can do uh, or at least not do well. So at the very beginning, we were doing a lot of, uh, you know, steel erecting and iron working. So we would get hired as just kind of an extra hand uh, hmm. for those businesses that were understaffed or they just couldn't uh, maintain their timelines without support. So we were doing a ton of that. And then we just started doing little handrails out in Clintonville, just little three footers, four footers, 
And we were doing those right on the concrete outside of our storage unit, building them on the bed of our, our pickup trucks and everything until we eventually about a year later, we were able to get our first little shop space, a little 1200 square foot. And we could finally uh, build some more ambitious things after that. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. So starts small beginnings, right? Small beginnings. Sure. So uh, a couple of years. Uh, so what are some common misconceptions about running a business? You mentioned that you're not really a natural entrepreneur. Sean kind of dared you into it or pushed you into it, whichever way you want to look at it. But what are some common misconceptions about running a business and how have you been addressing them? Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that I'm really, really well geared for it. I just didn't really see myself in that light. Um both my parents were public school teachers. My mom was actually a school counselor. My dad was an art teacher. Uh, my grandpa was a cabinet maker. So I do have a little bit of uh, business ownership in kind of my family line, but I don't think I was really close to it. And I didn't really have many people that would be mentors for me in that space. So um, as far as some misconceptions or some kind of pitfalls, I think, especially in the trades, it's really easy to talk about in the trades. A lot of guys start businesses because they can't get along. Um, they, 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 they're not very good at collaborating. So they think, you know, oh, my boss is this or that, or doesn't appreciate me or doesn't, you know, he's not fixing these things that are super obvious. And so they think that if they, you know, break off on their own, they're A, going to make way more money, B, they're going to be able to set their own schedule and work their own hours, and they're going to have all this freedom, they can go on vacation. Um, and they, they don't realize that once you become a business owner, you know, a lot of your job is administrative work, you're doing paperwork, you're filling out contracts, you're uh, meeting with lawyers and accountants, and it's not really all that glamorous. And I think that what works really well in my mindset is that there's an accountability and there's a mindset game that you have to play where you say, you know, the business requires that I have aptitude here or the business requires that I build passion for this. I don't have to love every part of what I do, but I, I owe it to the business and then also to myself to become proficient because there's no one here that can become proficient for me. And if I can't do it, then I need to hire someone to do it. And that's also a really important part of it is just um, making sure that the only things that you have your hands on in your business are things that you are uh, qualified to do, that you have time to do, that you have um, enjoyment in, if, if at all possible. I think we do our best work when we are enjoying what we do. And then the rest of our time is really spent trying to figure out how can I give this away? How can I hire somebody to do this? And, and it, it just keeps you out of trouble and it makes sure that you're not working um, long days forever. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, so, so David, you just you just kind of hit on the reason why we have this podcast, right? Yeah. A lot of people start small businesses and they think they're going to be all different and make all this money and have all this free time. And we end up working in our businesses, right? Mm -hmm. They really become, we become a slave to what our business requires. And what you're talking about is really forcing yourself to work on your business and not mm -hmm. in it. And if you don't do that, if you don't make the the mindset shift, the personal uh, time investment, whatever it is that, it, or that maybe it's the hiring investment that you're making so that you can work on your business, you're going to be stuck working in it. And so it's really great that you realize that. 
So, okay. So you're a few years in uh, now, three, almost four years, I guess, into it. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your biggest challenges today? Yeah, honestly, I feel like there's a lot of problems that kind of come in and out of focus as we scale. And they say that about a lot of contracting businesses is there's a few areas, whether it be, you know, how old you are or how big your team is, where there's just some areas that are fraught with more danger than others. And we've always been just kind of skating on the edges of those lines um, my goal, you know, I, I was working with the, the previous business and, um, you know, at some point things became a little bit contentious about how that all was running. And it was frustrating because I was spending all this time kind of developing myself and trying to, um, trying to level up and be really accountable and, and make sure that I was learning. And it felt like I had to fight my partner in order to make those changes um, so when it was finally time, you know, I was, I was ready. I was super hungry. Um, and I was ready to kind of tear out, tear down that ego and just run super hard on whatever I could. And because of that, I think we grew a bit faster than maybe we should have in hindsight. I think it's, it's easy to push on that, that gas pedal, but it's hard to back up, uh, once you're kind of in it. And, you know, the product of starting in 2020 was, you know, we, we got started before there was even a vaccine for COVID. So there was just huge amounts of uncertainty. You know, there were other businesses that we would work with that were, you know, getting paused or their projects were getting halted or even canceled. And so there was all this uncertainty and, and we did okay. Um, but I think that in the end, you know, the, the market implications of that have been very challenging to deal with. You know, our funding has just been non-existent. You know, trying to work with the SBA has been next to impossible. Um, like a year ago, we were actually tentatively approved for a large SBA expansion loan. And uh, they backed out, like right as we were closing and there was a period of time where they told us we were approved. And then it was like six more weeks of just waiting for paperwork. And in that six weeks, our lease renewed and we signed on to a larger shop space. We yeah. rolled out an employee health care plan. We had landed some big projects and we hired like two more people. And when it was time to backpedal, it was like, I, I don't even know what we can do here because... I can't let people go. We have all this work and like, you know, I hate to roll out a healthcare plan and then cancel it like a month right. later. So, I mean, it, it was, it was very treacherous for a while and we've spent about a year just sort of managing uh, the, the fallout of that situation. So we're hopeful that we can get some SBA funding now. I mean, Sean and I started this with like probably 40 bucks between us. We had nothing um, and we've we've done a lot with nothing, but uh, I think we could do a lot more if we had some of those resources. So um, we've been working on that. I think the the inflation and the rates going up has been really challenging because, you know, then it turns into this thing where, you know, if the deals aren't good, it, does it even make sense to do it? Or should we try to stay small until this kind of blows over? Or do we just bulldoze through it? Because you know, there's no time like the present and it's hard to make those decisions a lot of the time. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. 
So, uh, so yeah, so um, not to be too personal on it, but it sounds like right now it's really a balance between the growth and the cash needs to be able to grow your business is really your biggest challenge. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a part of it. And I think also, you know, I, over the last year, especially, I think I've had to grow a ton as a leader. Just the business has required that of me as we've kind of leveled up and we've matured a bit. Um, you know, we have a really awesome team right now. Our training plan and recruiting plan is really, really good. Um, and so I'm very fortunate that I can say that. And I think what I realized through that process was that uh, I'm impatient. You know, I've I've been in the trenches of a small business for like seven years now. And it's it's just, you know, you're working for your next meal and you can you can't do that forever, you know, no one can do that forever. And so I think for a while I, I just I wanted it to be what I envisioned. And so I pushed so hard to make that possible that you sacrifice a lot of the comfort along the way. And then now that we're we are where we are and we're able to take care of some of these more ambitious projects and we're working for really cool clients and we have a team that's great and we're We've got, you know, equipment. We don't have the most amazing equipment. We don't have the largest shop or the most impressive thing, but um, we're capable at the very least. And now it's, you know, let's dial back. Let's just enjoy the process and let's really, really try to perfect what we're doing here. Um, and then once we've got that really dialed in, we can hit the gas again. Got it. Got it. So you've been talking about a lot of things that you've had to do. Uh, to 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 just grow with your business and things like that. But what are some specific strategies that you've used to stay adaptable, innovative, and open to change in your organization? Yeah, a lot of that's it's really hard, actually. I think I don't know if people really realize how hard it is to um you know to delegate. And and I think it's a personality type. I think I'm in particular, I'm kind of geared away from that. And Sean luckily is very geared for it. So we work well together because I think in some ways we're kind of opposites. Um, and Sean is, is sort of kind of anything for the end goal. And I'm more kind of in the day-to-day, -day, um, you know, culture stuff. And he's looking for, you know, at some point we have to earn a return because otherwise, what are we doing? Um, so I can be a little bit idealistic, but, you know, I've got this book actually in front of me right now. We read uh, Jocko Willink and yeah. he's got a book, Leadership Strategy and Tactics. That's one of our favorites. Um, we actually, we, uh, we pay our team to do uh, book reports on it. So oh, we nice. have a library, they can take it home, they can read it on the clock and then they give us a little book report. Um, and I think that decentralized command, learning how to take things off of you uh, to steadily, you know, put trust in your team, um, to put trust in yourself is also some, sometimes kind of difficult. And uh, a lot of it, I, I don't think people realize that it's it's a very emotional process as well. You know, there's there's fear and anxiety in the beginning, but then also there's a sense of identity, you know, I've had to do that quite a bit lately of like, you know, when you're in the trenches, it, it can kind of become who you are, where you're, you know, you're like, I'm the guy that's willing to put in the long hours. I'm the guy who's willing to work harder than anyone else. And, and those are all good things for a period of time. But as far as sustainability, you know, you have to make sure that 
you're looking long range of like, am I going to work 80 hour weeks forever just because I'm the guy that does that? Or, you know, am I more than that? Or am I detached from that? And that's, that's a thing that I pass through occasionally to achieve the goals that I have, but that should not be my normal. So uh, there's a lot of things that I think can become very deeply part of us and we have to like unravel that. And for me, brand voice was another big one with our marketing and just learning, like, I don't have the ability to write every piece of copy and to make every web page. And I did at the beginning, I like did it with my team and I was very deeply involved. And now, you know, I have to give up some of that brand voice. And in a way it feels like killing my own voice in order to do that. Um, and, and that can be a little bit tricky sometimes. Oh, excellent. Thank you for those strategies. Uh, could you offer a glimpse into your future plans and goals for your business? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the big things that we're working on right now, like I was talking about before with just finding funding and just trying to find that that speed that we want to climb, I think it's all about just really honing in on our team and and really just minimizing how many different things we do. I think in the very beginning, we have a very widespread, we want to capture as much work as possible. And I think last year was the year that I felt it. And like at the end of the year, I was like, we did so many projects that we probably just didn't need to do. And then we said no to a lot of good projects because we had our calendar booked with a bunch of stuff that maybe wasn't our ideal fit. So um, we're we're working on being more selective. We're working on kind of building up that portfolio and deciding like, every project needs to move the needle on that. Otherwise it's, it's just not worth it to do. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think just breaking even as far as the business goes and making sure that we're um, consistently reaching profitability throughout time. Um, it's, it's hard to do that at first. And I think we're like right on the edge of that where it's, it's start to feeling like we're, we're really making money here. Um, and then, yeah, I want to, I want to take some vacations. I want to take some time off. Like <laughs> I want to do some things for me. Cause I, I feel like Sean and I especially have been really, uh, really on that grindstone for quite a few years now. And I want to make sure that we spend some time next year, um, just taking some time to reflect on it, write down our thoughts, um, write down some of the journey because it's pretty likely we'll start another business together at some point in the future. And I want to make sure we don't forget all the hard learned lessons that we did this time around. So we're prepared for the next one. Well, that, that leads me right into my next question. So uh, a couple things that I just heard you say was really learning to focus <clears throat> and what to say no to uh, is definitely some advice you'd give other entrepreneurs uh, I often ask people the wrong question is, can we? The right question is, should we? Uh, right. Yeah. Um, and so. So anyway, so the, let's dig into that for with one last question, which is what other advice would you offer an aspiring entrepreneur who's just starting their journey? Man, there's a lot of things to say to that. Um, one of the things is that an, a no isn't a no. A no is a yes to something else. And getting used to thinking in those sorts of terms of, you know, we have to make space for the things that we want, um, the things that we care about. And, and there's many ways to think about that. I mean, that's even internally, you know, not just the business and, and the types of jobs you take on, but, you know, who you become as a business owner. 
Um, there are things that you have to let go of in order to make space for what is coming next. And uh, for some people, that's, you know, nightlife and that's, you know, a whole bunch of friends and a super active social life. And some people can make that work and some people need to make that work because it's important to them. But um, there are sacrifices along the way and you have to make sure that you're prepared to make those. And then also just having a realistic view of, of what your first few years might look like. And I was kind of lucky. I was pretty well primed um, in my experience, you know, being in the trenches of a different business. So I don't think I had uh, rose colored lenses or anything, but I think a lot of people do. And I don't know if they realize how many things that they're going to need to be prepared uh, to undertake. So um, definitely find mentors as, as quickly as you can, as early as you can, um, and just try to get as much input as you can early on, because it's going to save you a lot of heartache later. Uh, that's great. That's great. It's really good advice. So thank you for sharing that, David. Of course. Uh, and David, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great meeting you, learning more about your business, your entrepreneurial journey. It sounds like you guys got something started there that's really got a great future. Uh, and to everyone watching, I look forward to seeing you on our next episode. And thank you again, David. I appreciate it, Todd. Take care.